your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, September 3rd, 2021. Your boy Q kind of getting a late start on today's show only because I had a late night at Allegiant Stadium on Thursday night as UNLV opened up their college season against Eastern Washington. They took the L 35-33 in what was a very boring game early on and then all of a sudden a bunch of explosives and explosions later on in the game and UNLV just fell short but ended up being a very entertaining game. That was the first time I got to see the Rebels up close and personal live, and so that was a lot of fun, and just being able to, you know, cover everything, and that's what I'm in Las Vegas to do is cover everything. Yeah, my my main priority is the Raiders, but uh, I'm also, like I said, uh, locked in on covering everything and, and being a part of every radio station that we have in the building, so I was representing ESPN Las Vegas on uh, on Thursday night and actually did the pregame show on ESPN Las Vegas leading into that game, so that was a, a lot of fun, but ultimately, they lost the game. It was nice to see about 21 thousand fans in Allegiant Stadium, a lot of Eastern Washington representation, and then also lots of uh, UNLV Rebels representation as well. I uh, want to shout out real quick before we get today's show started, uh, Carlos Soto. Uh, he's uh, Cassie Soto's dad. I actually got to meet him in the club area. I uh, got to meet his lovely wife as well, and uh, Cassie was there, and if you if that name sounds familiar, she uh, has been on the podcast multiple times. She's also from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I have her on the show on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 every single Wednesday at 3.30 Pacific Standard Time. She does a great job covering the Raiders, just covering all the sports here in Las Vegas, but uh, her pops is a big-time listener to to the podcast and actually uh, made me put me on the spot and made me say, new booty right there live uh, right there at Allegiant Stadium so that was pretty cool anyway big shout out to Carlos man good dude and it was great to meet him so uh, now that I got that out of the way and shouted out who I needed to shout out and let you know what I was doing on Thursday evening I want to go ahead and get into the show for today as we finish off this week really strong coming up in segment number three your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 got a ton of calls ton of texts not going to be able to get to them all but we'll try to get through as many as possible. That's coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, we're going to talk about the linebacking core. It went from a weakness to a strength overnight. And man, it was needed in a major, major way. So we're definitely going to deep dive into that coming up in segment number two. And segment number one, news and notes of the day. And and why did the linebacking core go from being a, a big weakness to all of a sudden being a big strength? Well, because of the news that we're going to get to. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So off top, it's not like I'm breaking news unless you've been underneath a rock for the last uh, 24 hours, but K.J. Wright is now officially a member of the Raiders. I say officially, but he has agreed to sign a one-year deal with the Raiders. Uh, Josina Anderson, I believe she was the first one to put that news out on a Thursday, and it was funny, man. I saw a, a piece of news from Field Yates saying that the Raiders were were moving some money around, and linebacker Nick Kukowski actually was in the center of it. He converted $2.8 million from his base salary into a signing bonus, which created 
created $2.3 million in cap space. And so I remember when I saw that tweet, I just kind of quote tweeted it, put the little eyeballs emoji and thought, hey, the, the Raiders are moving some money around. Wonder who they're looking for. Hoping it was KJ Wright that they were going to go and end up eventually signing. They do. And now the linebacking core looks a lot better than it did uh, just a couple days ago. Now you got KJ Wright. You got Denzel Perryman. You got Corey Littleton. You got Nick Wachowski. You got Devon Diablo. Nicholas Morrow is on IR. Hopefully he returns at some point. And you have Javen White on IR. And hopefully he returns at some point. But you feel a lot better about that linebacking core. And like I said, we'll definitely get into all that and, and why I'm excited excited and pumped up about that coming up in segment number two but please believe there was a lot of feedback on KJ Wright and I thought this really quick call from Rahul in Seattle really summed it up I think a lot of Raider Nation were thinking the same thing that Rahul in Seattle was thinking check this out hey it's Rahul from Seattle I just wanted to be the first one to say KJ mother right welcome to Raider Nation one love Please believe, I think a lot of Raider Nation were thinking the same thing that Rahul in Seattle was thinking. Uh, I just had to drop that in there right there. I thought that was a a pretty funny call right there. And I got a lot of tweets, a lot of text messages, uh, a lot of phone calls. Like I said, tons of feedback off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. Pumped up about KJ Wright and... And very well should be. You know, Very everyone should be fired up about K.J. Wright. He just solidified uh, a big hole that the Raiders had. So uh, very excited about that addition. Uh, the Raiders and Mike Mayock, the GM, who said that the team was a playoff team just a day ago. He said that on Wednesday. We talked about it on Thursday's show. Uh, you know, they're showing not only are they talking about being a playoff team, but they're committed to being a playoff team. And this is the kind of move that makes them that kind of a team is going and getting a guy like K.J. Wright. Now, of course, uh, they had to make some other roster moves on uh, on Thursday as well. Uh, they re-signed free agent tight end Derek Carrier and safety Dallin Levitt. And they also signed offensive lineman Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, Illuminor was originally drafted by the Ravens in the fifth round of the 2017 draft. He's six foot four, 345 pounds. Uh, he's played with the Ravens, the Patriots. He's been in 39 games with 11 starts over his career, one postseason game. Uh, additionally, the Raiders signed cornerback Madre Harper to the practice squad. And so to do all that, to make all those additions, and this is not even including K.J. Wright yet because he's not actually 100% official like a referee's whistle, the Raiders had to make some space. So I mentioned Nicholas Morrow and I mentioned Javen White being put on IR. They're on IR right now. Cornerback Keyshawn Nixon is on IR right now. Running back Jalen Richard is on IR right now. Now, a couple of those guys can return at some point in the season. They haven't designated exactly who it's going to be, but just know that I'm sure Javen White will probably make a return at some point. Maybe Nicholas Morrow. I'm not sure about Jalen Richard. I know John Gruden talked about wanting to get him back at some point in the season, but uh, not too sure who it's going to be. But as of right now, Nicholas Morrow, Keyshawn Nixon, Jalen Richard, and Javen White all on the injured reserve list. And they still have to make another move once they do make the K.J. Wright move actually official. I mean, again, we all know that it's a done deal, but it's not 100% done yet as far as, uh, you know, pen, pen to paper and him being on the 53-man roster. Uh, another piece of news that rolled out on on Thursday, John Gruden, he met with the media and Denzel Perryman also met with the media. And apparently Denzel Perryman, this is just a little side note, he's a guy that's been very anti-vaccination. I know that makes people cringe as soon as they hear that word, but uh, it's not a big deal. When he was with Carolina, he said he's not going to get vaccinated. Well, when he met with the media on Thursday, he actually said that, you know, he was looking into getting vaccinated. One, he didn't want to not be with his brothers. He said, hey, I don't want to be isolated. And if I'm not vaccinated, I have to be isolated. 
So uh, he was absolutely looking into it, or he is absolutely looking into it. So it sounds like that he's going to go ahead and do it because he wants to be able to be amongst his teammates where if he's not, then he won't be. So uh, there you go. That's just kind of a quick little side note update on Denzel Perryman. But I uh, wanted to let you know who the Raiders captains were. Uh, John Gruden mentioned it in his media session, thought it was pretty cool. Unique and Gakwe. Guy comes over as a free agent and he becomes a captain. And that's just credit to him. I've been talking about how much of a leader he looks like at training camp. Well, that just proves it right there, him being a captain. And I saw someone say, I would rather Max Crosby be a captain. Well, guess what? Max Crosby is a captain. So in Gakwe and Crosby, uh, the little one-two punch right there, both of those guys uh, become captains for the 2021 team. I think that that's really cool. How about Darren Waller? Everything that Darren Waller's been through, you know how how much of an athlete he is, how great of a player he is, how important he is to this team. But for him to step up and show that leadership skill as well and be a, a captain, I thought that that was a big deal. Same as Josh Jacobs, third-year running back. He's a captain. And then Richie Incognito. And I thought it was kind of cool what John Gruden said. He said, hey, it was a tie, and he wasn't going to be the one to go break it to Incognito that he wasn't a captain. So he kind of threw him in there as well. So they have seven in, in, in total Uh Incognito and then Ingold as well. So you got Unique Ngakwe, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Richie Incognito, Derek Carr, uh, Max Crosby, and Alec Ingold. All those are the Raiders captains, team captains for the 2021 season. So congratulations to those guys. I think it's really cool. But you see, I mean, Ingold, that's the third year guy. Crosby, third year guy. Jacobs, third year guy. I mean, that's that's awesome. And then Waller, you, you know the story on him. They brought him over uh, right before they were able to get Jacobs and, and Crosby and Ingle. They brought him over uh, before that when they picked him up from Baltimore off the practice squad. So there you go. Those are your captains. Of course, Ngakwe uh, was a free agent. So, I mean, it's it's absolutely 100%. I mentioned it the other day, John Gruden and Mike Mayock's team. That just proves it right there with who the captains are. Of course, Derek Carr is the one guy who's been around for the longest going back now eight years. Well, going into his eighth year with the team. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Got to get into this conversation about the linebacking core, how it went from a weakness to a strength overnight. You'll hear some sound bites from Michael Sean Duger from The Athletic. He joined me on Raider Nation Radio 920 immediately after I found out KJ Wright was signing with the Raiders. He covers the Seattle Seahawks like a glove for The Athletic. So uh, he joined for me about 10 minutes. I just got a couple sound bites that I want you to hear just basically on who KJ Wright is, what the Raiders are getting in him and all that good stuff. Plus, we're going to talk about it in great length. That's coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And we all know I've been talking about Built Bar for a very, very long time. No doubt about it. You know just about everything about Built Bar. Uh, great tasting protein bar. Soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate. Of course, they have a ton of great flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. On top of that, if you go to the website, BuiltBar.com, you can find limited time offers all the time, like the Built Bar Puffs. They're back for a limited time only. You got to go and get them while they're still available. If not, you'll be on the outside looking in and wonder what happens. So go ahead and make that happen right now. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order when you check out. Again, BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 to save 15% on your order when you check out. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about that linebacker room, how it went from a weakness to a strength really overnight. Uh, I'm telling you, man, it's been a fun ride this offseason. It's been a fun ride this preseason, training camp, all that good stuff. Of course, it's almost like a roller coaster ride. It was a, a, a real big high for, for quite a while as far as the team was looking really good in training camp. And, you know, I was letting you know that, hey, man, this team feels different and uh, they're about to go make some moves. And, of course, then the injury bug hit them. You know, then Nicholas Morrow goes down. You don't really know how long he's going to be down for, but you know he's down. Then you see Javon White go down and then you think you feel the worst and you think that Javon White's going to be out for the season and maybe Nicholas Morrow will be back sooner rather than later. Then you hear from John Gruden that, well, actually, you know what? Javen's going to be back before Nick. And then that's when I started looking at the team and started looking at the depth of the team and realized that, you know, it's just not there. The depth's not there. They have some really good players. They have some really good talent, but it's not very deep. And that's the that's going to be the key for a 17-game season. So then you figure, okay, well, the Raiders got to go make some moves. So they go make a move for Denzel Perryman. And I thought, hey, that was that was nice. That was a good move. It, it was very uh, inexpensive. So, uh, you know, the, the reward is, is very high. The potential's high. And the risk was very little. So that was a, a good move. And then... All of a sudden, Thursday comes, and they make the move for K.J. Wright, and instantly that linebacking room all of a sudden becomes a contender. That becomes a real deal uh, room. That, that becomes a strength of the team where at first you felt like it was a strength of the team because they were talking up Nicholas Morrow and how he was going to be so important to the team. But then when he went down, it's thought, oh, man, there went that, that key to the, to the team. So now you're looking at it and you're feeling pretty good. Like, wait a minute, they got some dudes in that room. K.J. Wright, Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton, Nick Wachowski. As long as he's healthy, Devon Diablo, he'll be out there. I mean, Nicholas Morrow will come back at some point. You know, Javon White will come back at some point and be some depth, but you don't don't have to rely now on young dudes. You don't have to rely on guys that you haven't seen go out there and perform. Guys that know Gus Bradley's scheme, KJ Wright, Denzel Perryman, they know how to go and act and perform and what they have to do to be successful in this scheme. And they're going to help the young dudes along. You don't have to force Divine Diablo out onto the field. That is a good thing. You don't have to force Nick Wachowski out on the field if he's injured. You don't have to put Corey Littleton in a position where he might not be successful because you have two dudes that have been there, done that. So uh, I'm excited about the potential of this linebacking room. And the K.J. Wright, I saw some people, you know, questioning the the signing. Oh, well, is this another Derek Johnson type situation? Or is this another uh, situation of an old guy that just went and signed for a check? No, K.J. Wright is a hell of a player. He did some big things in 2020. I mean, he has some stupid numbers. And he was the only player in 2020 that had double-digit tackles for loss. And he was the only player that also had double-digit pass breakups from the linebacking position. Both areas of need for the Raiders. So this is a dude that can go out there and do it. And oh, by the way, he did it and he wasn't even playing his position, his normal position uh, for most of the season outside of two games. So K.J. Wright is just a player. He's a guy that you put him on the field and say, go. And uh, that's that's the good thing. And that's why I'm so excited about what he brings to the table and excited about this Raiders defense now, because I think that now 
They can solidify it. Now they can say that they're solid. Now they can have confidence in rolling out there and saying that they got dudes that know exactly what they're doing. And so on uh, on Thursday, after the news broke about K.J. Wright, I got on the horn and decided I was going to reach out to someone who covers the Seahawks so they can get on the show and talk about K.J. Wright. So Michael Sean Duger from The Athletic, he uh, covers Seattle like a glove. He joined the show immediately, 2.10. The show started at 2 o'clock. He joined the show at 2.10 to talk about K.J. Wright and the Seattle Seahawks. And so I just I just wanted you to hear a couple little sound bites from Michael, again, a guy who's very familiar with K.J. Wright. And the first question I asked him was just, you know, what are the Raiders getting in K.J. Wright? He's a little bit older, but he still had a hell of a season last year. So what it, what is, in his opinion, are the Raiders getting in K.J. Wright? Uh, somebody who just knows how to be a professional. I mean, that sounds like obvious because they're all getting paid to be technically professional. But like, is somebody who's going to watch film when he, you know, on extra hours, you know, he's going to take care of his body. Like young guys in that lock, in that uh, defensive locker room, specifically the linebackers, are just going to get someone who they can mimic their lifestyle after, not just their play. You know, because some of those guys will be stronger, some of them will be faster, some of them will be better tacklers. But just like how to go about like studying an opponent, picking up tendencies, you know, being on time. Uh, just doing all the little stuff you got to do to make it, you know, to last in the league for 11 years. You know, it's not easy. Right. Especially it's not easy to do when you're not just a freak athlete like KJ wasn't. You know, he's like, he was a fourth-round pick. So I think more than just on-field play, that's the first thing that guys in the building are probably going to notice when he steps in there. So I like that answer right there. I know it didn't have a whole lot to do with what he brings to the field, but just talking about his leadership, talking about the way that he can help teach the young guys how to be professionals, that sounds like who? Sounds like Gerald McCoy, right? Sounds like another guy that uh, I'm pretty excited about because I know he's going to help this team get better for those reasons, plus on the field, his on-the-field play. So I think that that's another guy in K.J. Wright. And if you remember when Mike Mayock talked to the media on Wednesday he said there's still not enough veterans on this team I still want to bring in some veterans some more presence well KJ Wright is that guy so my next question that I asked uh, Michael and and I want you to hear was about how much did Gus Bradley being the defensive coordinator does he feel played into the decision for KJ to sign with the Raiders you know I I think that's going to be a really big deal just because KJ gets it you know what I mean like he's he, he knows like those guys don't know Gus Right. You know, so I don't know how many guys in that locker room have worked with Gus at prior stops. Probably not a ton. And a big thing, especially when you have a young defense or one, and not even a young one, just one that's trying to like be a lot better than it was in previous years. Like you're gonna, you guys are gonna get asked to do things they're not comfortable doing, um, doing things they don't understand right away. Maybe they don't see the bigger picture right away. And a veteran like KJ and other veterans in that locker room, I'm sure. Just help them see the vision. You know, like some guys will come in there and be like, "Man, coach, I ain't never done this before. I don't want to." <laughs> Or it's like, oh, am I, am I always a stop? We call this play this or whatever. Like, sometimes you got to see the bigger vision. You know, when KJ came as a linebacker, they had him uh, his rookie year wearing, um, how I want to put it, it was almost like a bracelet on each of his ankles because okay. when he was, like, covering, he was crossing his feet. So they, the bracelets made it so he couldn't cross his feet. You know what I mean? So he had to stay squared to the line. Wow. KJ didn't want to wear them damn things on his ankles. As a rookie, <laughs> it was embarrassing. Right? He was getting laughed at. But he saw the bigger picture, right? That was Ken Norton who had him let him do that you know and like that stuff matters behind the scenes like we may not see how it transpires out on the field but like getting it and understanding what the coach is trying to like 
teach guys in the, in the, in the bigger picture and stuff. And that, that matters. Good stuff right there from Michael Sean Duger from The Athletic talking all things K.J. Wright. And uh, I thought that was a cool little nugget talking about what Ken Norton Jr. had K.J. do his uh, his rookie year with those bracelets on his ankles. So he basically had to to not cross his 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 legs in coverage, you know, not not cross his feet in, in coverage. And uh, that's really important. And so that's that's a, one of those nuggets that you wouldn't have known unless someone who was there on the scene actually saw it. And so uh, Michael actually went on to tell me that K.J. knows that story, but not too many other people know that story. So that's that's pretty interesting right there. But uh, I love the fact that he's willing to do whatever to be successful and go get it done. Now, you also heard Michael say that I don't know how many other players uh, worked under Gus Bradley or been there under Gus Bradley. So I brought up Denzel Perriman, who played with Bradley uh, in the Chargers, you know, in the Chargers organization for about six or seven years. So what do those two guys bring to the table and how much can they help this Gus Bradley led defense? Yeah, how do I want to say this nicely? Because I got Raiders fans that are my family. Uh, <laughs> the, the guys, the, the Raiders need guys on defense to know what they're doing. Right. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just, you're right. Way. Yeah. I, I, I can put that, man. You know, I'm real cool with the, our athletic beat writer for the Raiders, Deshaun Reed. And we, like we, last year, man, when Jonathan Avery just abandoned his assignment, you know, on national TV to blow a game, it's just like, you just need guys who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and KJ knows what he's doing. Perryman knows what he's doing. I'm sure they have other guys there who, you know, know what they're doing. Like that, it really is that simple on defense, man. It's just communication and repetition and knowing what you're doing and, not, and like, doing your job. Right. It really does just come down to The veteran guys who've been around this league, they're there because they get that. They're going to get slower. They're not going to be as strong. But if, if you know what you're doing on defense, you can last in this league. And I know that sounded like a direct shot at Jonathan Abram when he said he blew a game on national TV, but it is. It boils down to just knowing what your assignment is and being able to communicate that with your brother next to you. It's, I mean, it's really that simple. How many times did we see in 2020 Jonathan Abram look at Damon Arnett and they both look very confused? And I, I realized that Jonathan Abram was just about a rookie in 2020 and Damon Arnett was a rookie in 2020. So they're going to have those, those confusing moments. They're going to make mistakes. That's fine. But that's what K.J. Wright and that's what Denzel Perryman won't do because they've been there, done that. They're seasoned veterans. Uh, You want to hope that Denzel Perryman stays healthy because that's the biggest issue with him. But, man, if those two guys can stay on the field together, uh, the Raiders have them a dangerous linebacking core. And, again, I go back to what Mike Mayock was saying about a playoff team. They are acting like a playoff team. They're making moves like a playoff team, like a a, a team that is what people say all the time. Are the Raiders just really that one player away from, from getting over the top? Well, the move that they made on Thursday, and I know K.J. Wright's not a superstar, but he showed that he's he's a guy that they feel like if they fill that void, they fill that hole that's there at that linebacking position with a leader that can still play at a high level, then they can be that team. So, yeah, they're acting like a team that expects to make the playoffs. And so they're talking about it, and now they're acting at it. Now they got to go and do it, and it starts September 13th. And I do think it's huge really huge that he's going to be playing in this game going up against Lamar Jackson because he's done some really good things against quarterbacks that are mobile. Matter of fact, my last soundbite that I want you to hear is me asking Michael about what position he feels KJ plays the best because he's played multiple positions. Yeah, okay, so 4-3 strong side, if he's running the same stuff as Pete, um, I don't know necessarily he fits the strong side as like his best spot. I mean, he can do it. He right. rattled off his numbers. from That's his first time doing it since his rookie year. Like, last year, Bruce Irvin tore his ACL, and they was like, hey, KJ, we need you to do this. And he was like, cool, even though I'm not a defensive end, let me just have the best year of my career, you know, at age 31 or whatever. But I think he's really better uh, as more of an inside linebacker guy, like a Mike or a Will or whatever they're calling him um, in Vegas, mostly just because he, he reads and reacts to things really well. 
Um, and he just sniffs stuff out, and he can get to both sides of the field a little better. Like, he's probably the best screen sniffer-outer. That's not a word. But, <laughs> like, he's, a, he's, a, he's the best at sniffing out screens, like, that I've probably ever seen uh, covering football. Like, teams have to just run the screen the other way if number 50 or whatever number he wears there is on that side of the ball. Uh, he, he tackles really well, really good in run fits. I mean, just really technically sound. Uh, and knowing his role, uh, taking on a fullback or a pulling guard or whatever, like he was, he just makes a lot of things happen, doing a lot of the dirty work. And I think that's probably better used um, in a base scheme that where he's an inside guy. Because I imagine going up against a lot of eleven personnel, they're probably going to bring that third linebacker off the field. So to maximize the time that he's on the field, like disrupting the offense, I would say probably inside linebacker. But again, he can do whatever you ask. He can set edges, rush the passer. Like, I mean, he contained Kyler Murray on a scramble last year in week 11. It's like, come on, man. Mm. That's probably one of the shiftiest quarterbacks in the league, not named Lamar. How you like that? How you like the way he ended that? Talking about Kyler Murray and then saying he's the shiftiest guy not named Lamar. Well, guess what? Lamar's on his way to town. <laughs> September 13th, it is going down. And I'll tell you, I feel a whole lot better uh, with the Raiders defense trying to slow down Lamar Jackson with the addition of a K.J. Wright. If they hadn't brought in K.J. Wright, if they just rolled with the guys that they had, I would not have felt very good about their chances moving forward against slowing down Lamar Jackson, at least. I, I do believe, obviously, they have other weapons that you have to slow down, too, but it starts with that guy. It starts with Lamar Jackson, and I think that they have a fighting chance now to make that happen, and K.J. Wright's a big reason. Denzel Perriman is a big reason. You know, there's there's guys to like. Corey Littleton, I think he's going to play a role as well that's going to be pretty big for the Raiders. So, uh, all in all, man, very excited, very pumped up about what's going on with K.J. Wright and uh, everything that Michael uh, Sean Duger just explained to to, to everyone when he was on the show with me on uh, on Thursday, he just described an alpha dog. I've been talking about alpha dog for a long time, and I know that K.J. Wright's a little bit older, but he is an absolute alpha dog. He will be that guy on that defense. Now you have guys like Unique Ngakwe, alpha. You have a guy like K.J. Wright, alpha. You got a guy like Max Crosby. He's learning to be an alpha. He's there. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's some dudes now on that team. And then you got some young pups that look like they have alpha traits, like a Nate Hobbs, potentially a Trayvon Merrick. I mean, there's guys that, that you can like. There's guys that you can look at and say, you know what? They're starting to get and starting to develop some alpha dogs where there is podcasts you can go back to. I'll say, and I said, there were no alpha dogs on the team, period. Now the Raiders have a couple options. So that is a great positive moving forward. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, just talking about the linebacking room, how it went from a weakness to a strength overnight. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. And you know it is that time of year again. All eyes on football. I was at Allegiant Stadium on Thursday for UNLV football. Of course, uh, NFL football is going to get kicked off in less than a week, and then the Raiders get started September 13th. BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open up right now 
at betonline.ag. Go to the website on your mobile device or your laptop, sign up today, and receive a 100% welcome bonus. And you get that 100% welcome bonus if you use the promo code Locked On. So no matter what you put in there, whatever you deposit in there, as long as you use that promo code Locked On, you'll get that same amount of money on top. So you'll have that extra money to play with. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. They got football, they got baseball, boxing, horse racing, UFC. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the season, for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls, your text, straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Going to get to as many as possible. So let's go ahead and jump into Chris from Fremont. He's calling to talk about the K.J. Wright signing and ask about K.J. Wright. Here it is, short but sweet. Chris from Fremont. Hey, Q. Um, this is uh, Chris from Fremont. I'm just calling to ask you a question. Um, so K.J. Wright, I mean – you earlier said there was no linebackers available. Has Gruden and Mayock known that K.J. Wright was going to come to the Raiders as soon as preseason is over and join the team? All of a sudden, we have depth at linebacker. This is great. We have a chance this year now. What a defense it's going to be with all the additions. I am super jacked up, and um, I just want to throw that question out at you. Out at you. Okay. Take care. Go Raiders. There he goes. That's Chris from Fremont, and I appreciate your call, my man. And, you know, I mean, that, you're on to something. They might have had a gentleman's agreement before uh, before he left that visit he had earlier in training camp. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, really, I mean, you, you just we don't know. That's the beauty of these kind of things. When they have these visits, you don't know what's being said in those meetings. You don't know if they sat down and said, hey, we want to sign you, and he said, I really don't want to do training camp. I don't want to do preseason. They said, okay, no worry. Sit it on out until, you know, know until training camp is over or until uh, preseason's over then we'll sign you or hey we don't have the money to sign you right now but we're going to do some things we're going to move some things around uh, once the 53 man roster is already put together we'll make it work I mean who knows you know or, or hey we really want you on the squad uh, what do we got to do to get there okay we're very interested we want to make it happen if you get a better offer somewhere cool we understand but if not we'd like to have you I mean there's so many different things that go into these kind of negotiations so I'm sure that there was some kind of understanding when KJ left earlier in training camp. Thank you so much for that call, though. I do appreciate it. Next up is a text from Raider Matt in the OC. It says, Q, Raider Matt in the OC, now that all eyes are on week one game against the Ravens, who do you feel is going to make the biggest impact on defense? Gus Bradley's Chargers played Baltimore fairly well back in the 2018 season and had a great game in the playoffs that same year. I think Abram has a breakout game playing in the box, and we'll learn quickly if Tanner Muse will be a contributor this season. Since we likely play a lot of base defense against Baltimore, let me know your thoughts. Raiders. That's Raider Matt and OC. And it's funny, I've been talking about the whole linebacking room, and I didn't even mention Tanner Muse. Been talking about him for or talking about linebackers for basically two segments and haven't mentioned Tanner Muse one time. Uh, he was the guy, or he is the guy that was penciled in as a starting position in their base defense, like you mentioned. But now with the addition to KJ Wright, the addition of Denzel Perryman, Tanner Muse does not have to be as as important as he was. You know what I mean? He was a guy that was going to be forced into major action. Now he could be out there at certain times, but now he's going to kind of revert back to what he was supposed to be, which was a special teams war daddy. And he'll be out there at times. Don't get me wrong, he'll be out there. He still has a lot. He he could bring to the table, but he's not forced to be 
good really quickly. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that you'll see, and I think an important guy is Jonathan Abram. I think an important guy is Cleve Farrell. And I think that an important guy is going to be KJ Wright because he's good uh, at, at kind of sniffing out what's going on with uh, those mobile, shifty-type quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. So those would be the three guys that I pay attention to the most, Jonathan Abram, Cleve Farrell, and KJ Wright, the new addition to the Raiders defense. Thank you so much for that text. Next up, got a call from my guy, most known unknown. He's calling to talk about Carl Joseph and Jonathan Abram and what he likes about Joseph and what he really feels the biggest issue with him is. Here he is, most known unknown. Hey Q, what's going on? It's most known. Uh, just calling up real quick to to give my thoughts on uh, the Carl Joseph reaction. And like you were saying, a lot of Raider Nation was upset, and because a lot of us love Carl Joseph, I'm one. I'm one of them. I love Carl Joseph. I love the way he plays. I love the energy and fearlessness he brings. I actually think he's better than Jonathan Abel. I think he wraps up. He doesn't take bad angles. He doesn't miss a lot of tackles. And he can still lower the boom. And he's not out of position as much as John Abram, not reckless. He, he has better coverage skills. The problem with Carl Joseph is Jonathan Abram has something that Carl Joseph will never have, and it's not even his fault. Carl Joseph is only 5'10". If Carl Joseph was six foot, six one, six two, he might even be a perennial pro bowler. He's a good safety, but he just lacks the size. And that's the problem. Um, even when he's in position, his lack of size allows him to probably get a lot of uh, catches, balls thrown on him, and, and, and so it doesn't work out. So, And also, when you think about Tyree Gillespie, remember, in OTAs and early on, a lot of reporters were saying that Tyree Gillespie was ahead of Trayvon Merrick. And, of course, I mean, eventually the cream rose to the top. Merrick reclaimed that spot. But I think that just goes to show how comfortable they are with Tyree Gillespie. My last point is the snippet the other day you played from Brandon Marshall. Um, it was a good snippet. You said Paul Gunther just ain't have it. That's because Paul Gunther was the beneficiary of a lot of good talent over there in Cincinnati. And Mike Zimmer was the one who installed that defense and taught that defense to the players. Paul Gunther basically just had to take over and make defensive calls. So when it came to a point where he had the responsibility of teaching and installing, we saw how bad of a teacher he was. Now, I do have some concerns with Gus Bradley because Gus Bradley, too, was the beneficiary of a lot of borderline Hall of Fame blue-chip talent in Seattle on all three levels of the defense. Cliff Abril and, and – uh uh, I can't read his, his name escapes me. The defensive tackle, um, who had the brother that was a tight end. They had them on the defensive line. KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner, who's a borderline Hall of Famer on the second level. And let's not talk about the Legion of Boom that speaks for themselves. My problem is he runs a very simplistic scheme, but he had blue chip talent. We don't necessarily have blue chip talent here. So I'm wondering with a guy who doesn't run a complex scheme with a bunch of complex looks, the lack of blue chip talent, will that be a problem here? And that's what kind of worries me. He also had good talent in Jacksonville, too. Anyway, later. There he goes. Most known, unknown. Thank you for the call, my man. Good stuff on Joseph. And, you know, people really do like Carl Joseph a lot. And it, it makes sense. You know, he's he's a smaller dude. He, he plays tough. He, he hits hard. Uh, you know, he's got that good spirit. He just, I mean, as a guy who covered him when he was at West Virginia in the Big 12, I always thought he was good. I never thought he was great. You know, and I know that he was hyped up, but he was coming off an ACL tear. I just, I was never sold on him being that great. I really, I wanted the Raiders 
Patriots to go get William Jackson III uh, from Houston. That was the guy, the corner out of Houston, that I really wanted him to go get. Uh, Cincinnati ended up getting him. I think he tore or broke his, hurt his sternum. And he missed his whole rookie year, and that stunk. So uh, that would have been another injured guy, obviously. But uh, I thought William Jackson the third. he actually had a, a better career and still in the league. Matter of fact, he's with the Washington football team right now, signed a big free agent deal. But, he, I mean, that, none of that matters right now. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he does lack size. And that kind of still goes to the Raiders, like, but you still drafted him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even though he lacks size, that's fine. If he was bigger, then he'd be better. Yeah, great. I mean, if I was 6'4", six, 6'5", six, I'd be in the NBA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we could all play the ifs and buts and all that other good stuff, but the uh, bottom line is that he's not, and he's he's okay. And he might be better than Abram. I'm not saying that Abram's better than him. I think Abram has an opportunity to play this new role, you know, play up in the box and, and show that he can do something, but this is big for him. He's got to go out there and prove it and do it at a high level. If not... I mean, he's, he's going to be a done deal. You know, as far as the talent that Gus Bradley had, yeah, he had a ton of talent in Seattle. But the one thing about that talent, a lot of it was young, and they developed it. And I think that the Raiders have plenty of talent, and they have some young talent as well that they need to develop. And Ron Miles, I think that's where Ron Miles and Richard Smith are going to come in as the corner coach and the, uh, the linebacker coach. Those guys, those are teachers, man. Those are teachers. They're teachers and coaches. They're really good at helping develop. That's the key. You can get all the talent you want. It's just like, and I always go back to radio because that's all I know. It's like a, a, a guy in radio. You know, I remember when I first got my full-time job, uh, my program director told me, Q, you have a great personality. Uh, now I'm going to teach you how to be great. And I said, okay. And then he said, only if you want it, though. If you don't want it, then let me know. I won't waste my time. And as soon as he said, I, you know, he could teach me how to be great, I was like, yeah, go ahead. So you got the personality, you got the raw skills. Now let me just teach you how to go ahead and, and be mechanical and be on point. That's that's the difference. I mean, you can get a guy that's talented in the league. You can draft a guy out of college that's got all the talent in the world, but can you take that talent? Can you mold it and make it better? That's the biggest key right there. That's Ron Miles. That's Gus Bradley. That's Richard Smith. That's their job. That's what I'm excited about because I do feel they have the opportunity to do that. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Just got a couple more in today's show. Got a text from SBC from Vancouver, BC, Canada. Q. You wished it into reality, my man. Talked about the need for an upgraded linebacker for a while and manifested itself a top 10 linebacker in one K.J. Wright. I'd bet good money this is what Mike Mayock stepped away from that presser the other day. Dude came back beaming and grinning. Stoked we got our guy and even more stoked that Kwiatkowski restructured to help out. This team wants to win and everyone seems to be chipping in. Even Perriman is talking about getting back so he can be closer to the team. I know we all fall for the banana in the tailpipe year after year, but how does this not feel different from the top down? The schedule isn't easy lots of work to be done but you feel like the dark clouds are starting to fade away also quick shout out to big richie incognito on being named a captain there's a man not completely unlike waller who has turned his life around while being part of the franchise sbc from vancouver bc canada cali just win baby uh appreciate that text my man good stuff and yeah uh adding kj Wright was big kwakowski restructuring his deal was big having all the talent perryman wanting to get back so he can be close to the team that is a big deal that's why i mentioned segment number one that's a big deal because in Carolina, he said, nope, just not going to do it. Just don't care. Uh, Richie Incognito being a captain, that's big. Now I just hope he stays on the field. I really hope he stays on the field. He's When he's out there, man, he's, he's, he's damn good. But he's 38, so and, and he's got a calf injury coming off an Achilles injury, so that's never good. But the text was good. Matter of fact, the text was great, so I do appreciate you. Final call for the show comes from our guy Flavius in Indiana. It's a quick call. He's calling to say who he feels is the best team in the AFC West. Here he is, Flavius in Indiana. Hey, Q, this is your boy Flavius calling from 
Indiana. Hey, uh, I was calling uh, last year. Um, the Raiders with the not as good defense, I'll say, beat the Chiefs and uh, almost beat them the second time. And everybody's arguing, saying that the Chiefs are still the number one in the division. I, I don't believe so. I think the Raiders can make that jump this year. I mean, if their defense gets any better, they can hold the Chiefs a little more, and that's all it would take It's just one score more is all they have to hold them, and I think they take over the, the number one seed in our division. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, out. There goes my guy, Flavius, in Indiana, and I appreciate the call, and I understand exactly where you're coming from, my man, and I'll tell you, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs go, if I had seen some drop-off from their overall play in 2020, I, lo- I know they lost the Super Bowl. I know their offensive line was a mess, and, and they're trying to put that thing back together. they got a lot of new parts similar to the Raiders. But if I had seen some some little bit of drop-off, just a little bit from their play in 2020, I'd probably roll with what you're saying. But, you know, I got two things here. One, it's, it's simple, and I'm not a big wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestling fan at all. But, one, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. I mean, that's simple. That's something that I do believe in. Uh, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And the Raiders got to show that they can beat the best. Uh, and then two, uh, I want to see this Raiders defense and the offensive line perform before I start crowning them the AFC West champs. This offensive line is going to be a question. There's not a lot of depth on this uh, offensive line. And I, I feel a lot better, as you've heard throughout the course of the show, feel a lot better about the Raiders defense now and the linebacking core in particular with K.J. Wright and Denzel Perriman now in the mix. Man, I'm telling you, K.J. Wright signing makes Denzel Perryman that much better. Funny how that happens. It just kind of works by default, right? So, uh, yeah, very excited about that. But I'm not ready to say that the Raiders or the AFC West champs are going to be just yet. Do I think that they have a, a, a great shot again, the wild card? Absolutely. And if the ball bounces their way a couple times, yeah, I can see them winning the AFC West. I can see them uh, being able to sweep Kansas City because they should have last year. They just fell short. But should have, would have, could have. We've said that a lot of times. So the Raiders got to go out there on the field and show that they can do it. Like my man P.E. in North Carolina would say, show and prove. Show and prove. Don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. I want to see it done on the field. That's what my man P.E. would say. So that's what I'm going to roll with. But thank you so much for that call, Flavius. It's great to hear from you. Appreciate all the feedback we had on the show today and throughout the course of the week. Raider Nation, enjoy your weekend. Uh, have a lot of fun. I got a very busy one. I'll be at the TI, Treasure Island. I'll be there doing my show on Raider Nation Radio 920 later on this afternoon. And then I got a high school game. And then, boom, back at the TI on Saturday. Then back at Allegiant Stadium Saturday night for the kickoff classic. Then there's a weekend. <laughs> then Sunday and Monday is an off day. But I do believe we'll be back on Monday with another episode of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So uh, enjoy your weekend. Do what you do. Uh, love on your family. Take care of your family. And most importantly, as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.